Welcome to the Straits Times World Cup podcast. We are one week in and at the time of recording we've had 14 matches so far. What started off with Robbie Williams pitching his greatest hits album and then an extraordinary opening match, 5-0, I suspect some Russian involvement. We are now entering the next round of matches. I'm your host, Jonathan Roberts, and I'm joined by SBH Head of Podcasting, Ernest Lewis, and Stomp Editor, Azar Kazman. Hello. Hey, guys. Hello. Good God, it's like a circus. (laughs) Well, gentlemen, (coughs) with those thrilling openings, what are your highlights so far? I think for me, it would have been how fantastic uh, Russia has been. Uh, Because people, I mean, they never expected Russia to do well. Even their, their countrymen, you know, was like half joking about, uh, you know, their uh, team performing well. But they did fantastically uh, with the match against Saudi Arabia. Ernest, what are your highlights? Yeah, for me, actually, I thought the Spain and Portugal game was really, it felt like this was the arrival of the World Cup. All the, some of the other matches, not that great. But uh, I really enjoyed well, that's watching... that's statement. Well, I really enjoyed watching Peru and Mexico play. A lot of inventive play from them, uh, very intricate uh, attacking ideas around the penalty box, things that I would have expected from some of the other bigger European giants, except that they didn't do it. They kind of froze. And uh, Mexico, actually, that was a great win. They wasted a lot of chances, but I think that's the thing about them. They don't have that much quality up front, but they make up for it. They knocked on the door a lot during the match. Could have been 3-0 over Germany, at least. Could have been. Could have been. I, th- I think it's. Uh, I'm going to be slightly more skeptical. Skeptical here. I'm going to be slightly more skeptical here, in that I think there's been some highlights, some great goals. Obviously, I mean Coutinho's goal, uh, and uh, Dries Martens' uh, amazing yeah, goal. That yeah, was. Who, who thought Belgium would do something exciting? <clears throat> yeah, not forgetting Ronaldo's free kick. Oh God. Okay, <laughs> Azar is a bit of a yeah. Ronaldo He's fanboy. Azar is as pumped up as Cristiano Ronaldo for this podcast. Yeah. 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 Uh, but otherwise, I think there's been some very poor matches. I think uh, if you watch the Sweden South Korea yeah. match, I've not seen so much tumbling in a match for a long time. Mm. Not intentional nasty fouls, but just falling over all over the place. The Uruguay and Egypt match was uh, wow. I mean, you wonder if they realise that this is actually the competition. <laughs> it's time to actually start playing like you mean it. There's been highlights, but I'm waiting for it to really kick in. Obviously, Spain-Portugal, an amazing match, a yeah. brilliant match. I mean, that was like, okay, guys, this is how it's done. Yeah. And you really want that. And it's not coming from everyone. Yeah. Mexico, obviously. Yeah. Mexico, the speed. Germany looked nonplussed throughout the entire thing. Mm. And a small highlight, I have to say, even though I did criticise them quite a bit, England playing as a team. Yeah. An England team at the World Cup? Who'd have thought it? It's I mean, they, they don't have the weight of expectation. Yeah. They don't have a lot of stars and egos like the Frank Lampard, whether Frank Lampard should play in this position or Steven Gerrard or something. They they actually do look balanced, as you yeah. said. Yeah. Yeah. It's From a comprehensive yeah. team and they're going for it. Mm. Yeah. What are you looking forward to next? Okay, JB, for me, um, the matches I'm looking forward to are on Friday. It starts from Friday. Uh, France, Peru. I'd like to see Peru try and nick something off France. They looked a bit off form in the first half of their opening game, but um, that's interesting. Argentina and Croatia. Now, I kind of fancy Croatia on the PlayStation, 
And actually, there have been known to be a couple of upsets on the PlayStation. We've been trying to recreate those matches. You never know what's going to happen in real life. Uh, Brazil, Costa Rica, it'll be interesting to see because Brazil has more of a semblance of a team except for Neymar, who's, who kind of reminds me of this secondary school captain I used to have. Hey guys, just pass the ball to me, I'll do everything. And he's quite irritating while he's trying to do that because he really you can't You went vote. to school with Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying that Neymar, kind of the way he was playing in the first game <coughs> against Switzerland, the draw, he was trying to get the ball and he was trying to overdo things. The thing with Neymar, yeah. I think he is trying too hard to prove that he's the best player okay. uh, in the world. And Let's see where believe, this is going, folks. Yeah, I believe <laughs> he's like he's like uh, he's he's a he's a high speed player, right? If I'm not wrong. Yes. He is the highest player. <coughs> but right now, the way he's playing, he looks like a complete brat. So he, you think he's trying to get into that Ronaldo-Messi yeah, yeah. comparison? No, because I think, yeah, he, he's not in the comparison. Yeah. So he's trying to bulldoze his way inside and <laughs> trying to showboat. You know, he's completely irritating. He falls down easily. Well, for me, I'm just looking forward to seeing what the supposed big teams are going to do now. Are they actually going to kick into gear? It's not unheard of that the champions lose the first match. I think for the past three contests, mm. every champion has come in and lost their first match. You know, it's only for early days yet. But maybe this is the start of something different. I hope so. Uh, the other development in the World Cup has been this uh, extra official, so to speak, the VAR technology. Yep. It's some people are for it, some people are against it. Gentlemen, what do you think? Video assistant <coughs> referee, right? That's what they call it. But I, I feel like it's like vague action replay sometimes. <laughs> and that it's it's a bit weird because I'm still wondering who makes the first call and uh, the way it works basically the VAR team is made up of four referees and they sit in a hub in Moscow. In the referee uniforms, of course. Yeah, in the referee uniforms. And they sit in a special hub in Moscow. So <coughs> every game at the various stadiums around the country, and it's huge, they don't actually have a separate VAR team. So the interesting thing is it's all based in Moscow. And they communicate with the referees via radio microphone. Just imagine that, you know. Well, I'm just confused by... Well, not really confused, but in the case of the Sweden-South Korea match, play had already gone on quite a while before the yeah. referee was called over yeah. and the VAR guy said, hey, that was a penalty. Yeah, mm. so the VAR guys have and 33 cameras. And, and you they know have what, you 33 know. screens, it seems, and two special screens for offside angles. So they must have been reviewing it. And it really comes into contention yeah. now, especially after the hurricane incident. And yeah. you know what I've been wondering? Let's say if the referee doesn't call the penalty, if there was supposed to be a, a penalty and he doesn't call it and then the other team scores a goal will that goal stand? Wow. if yeah. you know later on he decides to award the penalty after consulting with the VAR referees yeah. or is, rather is the there VAR. a time limit on this? Yeah. if they don't catch it or alert him after a, a set amount of time yeah. th it does everything just go on and like I say with the Harry Kane thing I mean yeah. that's now being called into contention because apparently John Stones pushed his <laughs> the guy he was marking over first but if you saw it uh, Yassin uh, Mariah Maria I am not sh quite sure how to pronounce that I yes. apologise to him even though he did full on double double, double 
even though he did a full-on wrestling body slam to Harry Kane in the penalty area, and yet it wasn't picked up. How is it not picked up? The thing with VAR is mm. that I'm always confused as to why it's not coming earlier, especially when you have all these TV cameras around that clearly pick up everything. Yeah, and yet now it's it's still difficult to decide. It's yeah, we're, this. we're not sure how the four referees yeah. watch I mean, 33 I mean screens. There are four yeah. referees there, so why do they need to spend so much time before calling out a penalty, for instance? I mean, you have four referees there. Why do you have to wait for that one referee on the field to call a penalty if they if they? We're not sure. I mean, look at Sweden penalty, and South right? Korea. I mean, yeah. everyone who was watching that game, most people would have thought that doesn't look like a penalty. But in the end, they decided. Yeah, I mean, it yeah. Was, yeah. that was where yeah. it worked. Yeah. So I guess this is early days. Yeah. It's <coughs> teething issues. Let's see how it works out. Well, let's not try and incur a penalty here because we have another man coming onto the pitch. It is our man in Russia, David Lee, is there. He's been meeting many colourful characters. If you've not seen his video from the Mexico-Germany game, it is a gem. Some interesting fans, Elvises, and of course, Luchador wrestlers. But it's not all football for David. As he explores Russia, he's sending back a few audio postcards. And here's his missive for today. Privyat from Moscow. My Russian may still be poor, but the same cannot be said about the World Cup action and atmosphere here in Russia. They call it the World Cup and it truly has been a global affair, not just for the 32 teams involved, but also for some of the more obscure countries from Azerbaijan to Venezuela whose fans have come here. It has been one big party off the pitch and the tremors reported in Mexico could well have been caused by the fans here, who made a proper din at the metro stations after they beat Germany 1-0 at the Lushniki Stadium on Sunday. Clad in sombreros and their colourful Lucha Libre outfits, some were not even wearing any shirts. They were cheering Mexico, Mexico, and jumping and dancing so hard in the trains, you could see the carriages bob. And it's infectious, you know. The Russian security officers, uh, who are known to be cold and stern, I know because they've rejected almost all my requests for Wi-Fi, unlike the friendlier ones in Brazil four years ago. Even they cannot hide their amusement and smiles when they were hit by the Mexican wave. Some of them even took out their phones to take videos of the celebrations. It was awesome. And talking about the locals, I've been here for a week and remember I said in spite of the negative reports, I never like to go to a new country thinking the worst of them. Well, now that I've seen it for myself, they've broken so many stereotypes. First of all, the food is great. Moscow is a cosmopolitan city, so there are bars with nice craft beers and solid bar food like burgers and buffalo wings. But they also have authentic Russian food which can be found in places known as Stolovayas, which is sort of like the Taipan or the economy rice setup back home in Singapore. I know it sounds a bit cliche, but my personal favourite has been the borscht soup and the shashlik, which is like a grilled skewered meat or kebabs. I've not experienced a single racist episode and a Nigerian who has lived here for 8 years told me neither has he. In the metro I've seen young locals giving up their seats to elderly folks from different nationalities and speaking about transport, the trains here come on time and the stations themselves are a work of art. One young man I spoke to told me they can't be bothered about how the western world portrays them and this is just how it is here in Moscow and they have their own strengths and weaknesses just like any other city in the world. Perhaps the only stereotype that holds true is that many Russians don't speak English, although you have a better chance with the younger generation. 
But in football, we have a universal language and what a start we have had to this World Cup. Despite all the uncertainty, host Russia beat Saudi Arabia 5-0 before the biggest match of the group stage lived up to its expectations with a 3-all draw between Portugal and Spain. In the second round, I'm expecting Russia to beat Egypt to qualify for the knockout rounds for the first time in the post-Soviet era. As for upsets, Germany face Sweden and another defeat will mean they're out of the tournament faster than you can say, dear Mannschaft. I also expect Lionel Messi to continue his World Cup jinx when Argentina face Croatia. Yep, and that's all for me for now. Das Vidania. Thank you, David. We've just been discussing some finer points of Russian here, or at least the basics and mangling it no end. But of course, we're all friends now. So thank you, Ernest. Thank you, Azar. Thanks. Thanks. There will be more World Cup podcasts coming out. The next one is going to come out just before the round of 16, where we'll review the group stages and see how many giants have been slain. Hopefully a few. Hopefully there's a bit more excitement in all the matches. Do check out other podcasts available at straightstimes.com. And, of course, we are also on iTunes, where you can subscribe to us there. Until next time, spasiba and dosvedanya.